Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Dare to Self Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. Feels good to be back on the mic. Happy Tuesday. Happy Monday for me right now because I record this the day before I release it. I hope everyone's week is going really well so far, and it's still early enough to turn things around if not. So let's dive right into what was in alignment and out of alignment for us this past week. I'll start. (laughs) You guys, I wish I could hear yours, but you could do it on your end. And if you ever want to like if you ever have any breakthroughs, any strong in or out of alignments and you want to DM me at Jen underscore Lauren with two N's or dare to self-care pod on Instagram, feel free. would love for this to be a two-sided conversation. That would be great. But let's start with what was in alignment for me this week. So I'm excited to share about this one. I definitely want to make an entire podcast episode about it. It's called Time Batching. So I'm sure some of you have heard of it. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Essentially what time batching is, is grouping a bunch of similar tasks into one category and doing that and that alone. So basically you can do this by day. It could be like for someone like me who has a bunch of different jobs, it can be like Tuesday is my YouTube day, Wednesday is my day. You can also do this in a nine to five, like Wednesday is my day where I take all my conference calls. Thursdays is my day where I really focus on getting the actual work done or strategy or client calls or whatever it is. So you could do it by day or you can do it by every few hours. So if you're a student, like for three hours in the morning, I'm studying and that's all I'm doing. And then the three hours in the afternoon, I'm socializing or whatever it is. But basically, it's just staying laser focused on one thing for a significant period of time. So I hope that makes sense. And I think it'll make more sense as I talk about how I've been using it. But Basically, I know I've been talking on the podcast about how I've been feeling super lost since moving in, just like out of sorts, and I don't have a 9 to 5 anymore. I have many jobs where I'm my own boss, and then I have other jobs where I'm not my own boss, but also like I am the boss of my own calendar and my own schedule. So I've just been feeling super lost because I feel like I did get in a bit of a routine at my last place in my comfort zone and now I'm in an entirely new place while also still trying to juggle all these different things. So it's been a lot but I've been journaling on it and I spoke to my therapist and I came to the conclusion that I need to fully time batch my life and I, I do already do this so I've I've already done this in the sense that like if I'm putting on makeup to film a YouTube video, that day is dedicated to creating content. I will film three sit-down videos. I will film any brand partnerships, you know, take an Instagram photo for a brand that I need to take. Just like anything that requires makeup, 
I dedicate like a full Wednesday to it usually because I don't have meetings on Wednesdays and I rarely work at Rumble on Wednesdays. So it's pretty much a free day in terms of like my calendar. So that's one example of how I've already done it. But I think I need to take it one to like five steps further and also do it every single day. So basically how I'm going to do it is like every morning I focus on one aspect of my work and then in the afternoon I focus on another job or another aspect of my work and I look at the day also and think, where will I be most productive doing this work? So instead of wasting time every day, which I feel like I have been, feeling so confused in the morning, working from home for a bit, but like also feeling down and lost and all, I just like very confusing. So I'll have decided on Sunday or the day before that day where I'm going to be doing my work. So for example, if the next day I'm doing a lot of editing and client work, which is actually a perfect example today. So today, the morning I'm dedicating to podcast, I'm doing this intro, I'm editing the full episode, I'm getting it uploaded, I'm prepping the graphics to go up tomorrow, and then in the afternoon, I have some internal meetings for my PR job and I'll do all of my PR work in the afternoon. So that's a lot of like office heavy work. So I decided today I'm going to work at Ethan's WeWork so that I can get like an office setting, get out of the apartment, and be super productive. So Basically, I'm planning my days by morning and afternoon to separate focuses and then I ask myself where will I be most productive doing this work and I come up with where I'm going to be working that day. So for another example, if I'm doing creative work in the morning and then I have to be home in the evening for a podcast or I have to go to Rumble in the evening, I'll go to a coffee shop because I really only like to work at coffee shops in the morning. I pay for a coffee, sit there for a few hours and then I'll go home eat lunch or go to rumble or whatever it is so if it's a day where I have to edit a YouTube video or make graphics or edit an Instagram reel or do some PR work like I'll do coffee shop that morning so if I'm creating a lot of content and filming YouTube videos maybe I'll go to my sister's bright apartment for the day so this is helping me feel less anxious sitting at home working all day because I just don't know where else to go or what else to do and I'm also setting myself up to be in an environment where I'll be most productive for what I have to do that day since every day is different for me. So I'm creating a new system in my written planner for this so I'm sectioning out every morning and every evening or not evening but like afternoon into two separate focuses with three tasks within those focuses because what I've learned from reading 4-Hour Workweek and a bunch of podcasts is instead of having this huge 20 bullet list to-do list where you never feel accomplished because it's just on and on and on. You choose three main priority things and you're supposed to choose the hardest things and get the hardest things done first. So if I choose three things within that focus and I have from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. to do those three things for my podcast or whatever it is, this is setting me up to be so productive and then I have a little section where I write where I'm working that day. It could be different in the morning, in the afternoon, but I'm setting myself up so that I don't feel that lost every single day and I can just be as productive and efficient as possible because that's when I feel my best. So I'm just feeling like on top of the world today because it's Monday. I feel set up for the day. Like I feel like I knew exactly what I was doing, where I'm going, and like I finally... Sorry about that notification. I finally feel like I've just figured this out and it's going to be the best thing ever. So I'm going to create something for you guys. Like Once I sit with this planner and really like 
figure out how I'm doing this. I'm going to create something for you guys or show you how I'm time batching, how I'm doing this in my planner once I master the exact format. But time batching is my new favorite tool that I really need to take advantage of. And I'm going to do a full episode on this soon. So I hope you guys are interested. (laughs) Okay, out of alignment. So this is another thing that I could have a whole podcast episode on, but I've been getting super anxious about what others need for me on my phone. So whether it be like friends needing attention, like just wanting to chat or make plans for the weekend, or whether it be networking, like someone saying, hey, like if you have like I someone will ask me for coffee to talk about like starting a podcast or someone will text me and be like, I was wondering what it's like part time, like things like that, that I really genuinely want to help out with. But it's just an example of like the things that are coming in on my phone or a work request. And I've just really been craving like clearly because of my time batching thing, laser focus during the week on my work because I'm my own boss in a lot of ways, as I mentioned, and I'm driven because I'm my own boss. Like I have so many goals within my own work and summer was such a distraction and the phone buzzing all day long, like it just doesn't work for me. I can't answer texts all day long when I have like these time slots throughout the day to actually work on things. (laughs) So I completely understand like there are so many people that are just in a nine to five, I was there half focused half the day. The other half of the day, I just want to like talk, shoot the shit, talk about plans and like think about anything else. So like I get it. People call you midday just to catch up because they want a break, whatever. But like my schedule is just very different. And if I'm going to rumble from 4 to 9 p.m., I only have like four hours to work on PR, YouTube, everything else. So like for me, I need that laser focus and the text constantly all day from whoever it may be, just gives me a lot of anxiety. And it's literally no one's fault. I just have to be better about setting boundaries. So I, I'm i very much like I don't answer. If I get a bunch of texts from friends during the day, I'll, it's like not uncommon that I'll reply at night because I see it there. It's a bunch of unread messages and I just like can't. I'm laser focused on editing a video. So I just like can't text right now. Like I'm just not looking at my texts. The work that I do Sometimes you just get into like a creative hole and that's just what you need to focus on. So it's not uncommon that I'll answer at night. And then that's a great boundary for me to have, but I need to also not feel guilty about that because I'm respecting my own time. And a lot of it is I want to be able to give my friends or whoever it is, like whoever's asking me for help, whether it be someone I network with or someone in the YouTube community, whoever it is, like I need to be able to give them my full attention when they have it. So once I can fully actually give them my full attention and be ready to have a conversation about whatever it is, I'd rather wait for that than like half-ass respond just because I feel the need to respond. Like I don't think that's helpful to anyone. I think I'm doing a good job at it, but I think there's so much more that I can do. And I also just want to like open the conversation up because I think it's another one of those things where you can feel guilty like you're a bad friend or you're a bad employee or whatever it is, but like you're not. You're just giving the attention when you can give your full attention. So let me know if you feel the same way and we can work on it together. I know Scout Sobel on OKSIS has spoken about this before and I fully relate with her. And I know her sister Maddie, they've both been on this podcast before. She's really good. Like she feels the same way about like not being, not, you know, wanting to answer people right when they text, but she doesn't feel that guilt and like she's fully able to just be like answer when she wants to answer. So something I'm working on. I'm curious if you guys relate to that at all, but let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week, breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. (sighs) 
Man, that felt good. I did, for the first time in months, 40-minute kundalini this morning, the, like, live meditation with Evolve by Erica. I could not do that long of a meditation unless it was the live one. And I also did yoga this morning, so I'm just feeling like between all of this, I feel like October is a month for me to start a new leaf. Summer's over. Let's all just, like, refocus, turn the turn the page. We got this. So... I'm excited to make some more YouTube content on like how to reset, how to time match, how to be productive, all of that stuff. I'm feeling re-inspired and that's all I've wanted. So I'm excited. But let's get into this episode with Kim Ross. So after being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at age 11 and struggling with health-related issues throughout the years, Kim finally found great relief in acupuncture five years ago. So the concept of her studio aura was conceived during her time at Harvard Business School in an attempt to make acupuncture more approachable to others experiencing health issues. So she is now the founder and CEO of Aura, an acupuncture and wellness practice in the heart of New York's NoHo bringing a highly curated and elevated acupuncture experience to New York. So I was able to actually go in for an acupuncture and cupping section session. I spoke about this a few weeks ago. It's literally right next door to Rumble, so it couldn't be more convenient. It felt like such a spa-like experience. I absolutely loved it, and I couldn't be more excited to have Kim on as the founder because I, I loved the experience, but I wanted to fully understand what acupuncture was. So this is one of those 101 episodes where we dive deep into one wellness practice, and that's acupuncture today and Chinese medicine. So we spoke about how she discovered acupuncture to help heal her stomach issues and other health-related issues. She describes what acupuncture even is, what you can expect, just like all things acupuncture and Chinese medicine benefits, how she decided to open up her own acupuncture studio and why, and how she deals with burnout and creates time for self-care for herself as well. And just all things being an entrepreneur in the wellness space. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please screenshot this episode and post it onto your IG stories if so. Also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Both of these things just help us build this community. It helps us bring on more amazing guests. Also, you never know who might really need the value that comes from one of these episodes. So always share it with a friend if you feel like they could benefit or on Instagram when an episode inspires you. And enjoy the episode. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jen. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Of course. I'm so excited to talk to you because I just recently went to Aura, I want to say two weeks ago, and experienced my first time ever with acupuncture and cupping. And I'm just so excited to dive into all of it because I had never done it before. And it was the most relaxing experience of my life. Oh, good. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so glad. Yeah, of course. So before we get into all of that, I have to start every episode with your top self-care tip that has played a role in your success. So this one might be a little obvious, but I'm going to say acupuncture. Um, you have to. <laughs> I, ha- I have to, but it really actually, it has. Um, so I obviously feel my best when I do regular acupuncture. I got into acupuncture for my own health reasons. So I'm not an acupuncturist, but around six years ago or so, I had a lot of um, 
digestive issues. I was stressed and anxious. And um, I also had a thyroid condition, all things I didn't really relate to being connected with one another. But I was so frustrated with not feeling better that or feeling good that I um, someone recommended acupuncture and I tried it. And then ever since I was hooked. Um, so sorry, that's a longer winded answer. But <laughs> no, that's perfect because that's exactly what I want to talk to you about today. I'm curious. I want to talk it about your experience with it. So that was a perfect segue because I personally deal with IBS and a lot of bloating. And I know that it honestly is super common with women. Like I, I feel like it's like ADD. It's like everyone has some sort of spectrum of IBS and bloating. Like it's, you know, 100%. so I'm curious if that was that more of your GI issue. Was it more intense? And was it more of like a short-term relief you felt from it or is this, or is acupuncture more of like a longer term you kept going back and then it helped you over time? So it's definitely a bit of both. So I um, had definitely a lot of bloating, like water retention sort of felt like swelling in my stomach, but it felt like all over Um, also a lot of constipation. So all the great IBS symptoms and was really had tried so many different things to feel like myself again and feel good. And I went to acupuncture and I found like the, the, I felt immediate relief the first session, but it wasn't until I really started going regularly and by regularly, I mean weekly, that I started to really kind of feel that my body wasn't constantly like in out of whack if I ate the wrong thing or didn't get a perfect night's sleep the night before. Um, And now I like definitely feel myself, feel my best self when I go weekly, but I, because I have a good foundation and really feel like the long-term benefits of acupuncture that I, you know, have that foundation. And if I'm not able to go weekly, if it looks like more monthly, because life is crazy and ironically having an acupuncture business does not necessarily mean I get acupuncture all the time, although I wish I did. (laughs) Um, But I feel still like I, you know, don't, my body doesn't have such crazy inflammation and um, like kind of, it doesn't freak out if I, um, if I don't get acupuncture weekly. But I agree. I like one of the reasons why I started Aura was I was at brunch with some friends and I felt like everyone, so many women struggle, like whether they, you know, all different GI issues and like bloating or other problems. And I felt like, oh, acupuncture really could help. Yeah, absolutely. So did you, or do you feel like it also helps you mentally is like, the stomach relief, the biggest symptom. And then, cause I feel like a huge part of IBS and bloating, especially for women is anxiety. And like, they're directly correlated when I'm my most stressed and anxious, my bloating like skyrockets. So I'm curious if, I guess, is the relaxation part of acupuncture, maybe something that also directly affects your anxiety, which then is if helping your stomach, or is it like a direct, like needle to stomach, <laughs> a cure like I'm just curious like the ins and outs of exactly what it is that's that's helping your stomach and bloating from the practice yeah um so the one thing and what I really you know 
gravitated towards acupuncture in Eastern medicine was the fact that it really treats your body holistically. So I was really frustrated after going to a lot of different GI doctors and different doctors and everyone was like wanting to just treat the symptom of like constipation, here's a prescription pill or here's bloating, um, take Miralax or different things. And I was just frustrated because nothing really helped. And um, when I tried acupuncture, it was really the belief around treating your whole body and your whole system. So your symptom is definitely related to other things going on, very much related to stress and anxiety. And you can't really treat one without treating the other with acupuncture and Eastern medicine. And so it is so much core, it's definitely correlated. And I found that the treatment itself, you know, helped treat all of it. Um, It definitely wasn't a coincidence that like I started a new job. I was really nervous in the job, stressed, anxious. And then I had a huge stomach flare up. Like it's, totally definitely right you know connected um and that's what really kind of drew me to acupuncture as a practice I also find for myself I've always you know wanted to meditate I'm a huge overthinker and I would love to kind of sometimes just chill out um and I've never been great at meditating on a daily basis but I really find like an acupuncture treatment for me brings me to what I think of as like the closest to a meditative state I could ever get to. And I feel those effects for days after. So it's not just, you know, obviously when I leave the treatment, I feel amazing and during and so relaxed, but I also find that that continues even beyond just that day. That's actually the perfect description of exactly how I felt when I left. I felt like I had just meditated for an hour and I didn't understand. I was like, am I super tired? Like, I don't know what's like, something's off. Like I just felt so weird. And that's kind of what I imagine you would feel after like a super intense, long meditation. And like when you're in a trance and my favorite part about it was after they put the needles in or whatever the the correct terminology is for that, um, your acupuncturist will leave the room and put on like meditation music and you just lay there and meditate or think or whatever nap whatever you want to do and it was so relaxing and so needed and the rest of my day I was just literally in a trance like it's (laughs) I I do that's why I was asking about anxiety before because I didn't know if it was a chemical thing with the pressure points of acupuncture or if it's like the whole experience aids with anxiety which then helps bloating or whatever other issues one might have that stem from anxiety Yeah, no, it's very much a full, like, mental, physical, emotional treatment. I think a lot of people think of needles and they assume it must be painful or, you know, scary and actually Mm -hmm. the opposite. I'm so glad you had that experience, but it is really relaxing um, and it is a full body and both mental and physical treatment. And, you know, we, I mean, so many people we see who come in, whether it be for physical pain, for instance, like neck pain or back pain, they also are harnessing a lot of stress and it's 100% correlated. Um, so you're really able to treat all of it, I think, is um, the other thing that people, you know, the idea of being left in the room with needles is also very scary sounding to many people. But then in reality, it is kind of like this very intense 
nap and state of relaxation you enter because you're treating, you're bringing your, you know, emotional and nervous system down and into more relaxed state. Um, and that's definitely intentional through with the treatment while also targeting some very specific pain points that someone, you know, people might have. Yeah. And on that note of it seeming scary, like all of these things we're saying <laughs> sound really intense, really scary when in reality, it's a very relaxing, almost spa treatment, it feels like, or at least at Aura, it feels <laughs> like a spa experience. But can we just like take it back to basics for anyone listening? Because even I am like very new to this. So what is acupuncture? Because I, I feel like I've just heard about it my for many years, but I and all I I just think needles, but I don't really know what it is, what it does when the needles are in you. Like, are there chemicals in the needles? Like, let's just like break it down. <laughs> totally. Yes. And I will say, I love that you said spa-like because that's definitely what yeah. um, we are trying to create at Aura where it's very much a spa-like experience, but with really amazing healing um, and great acupuncturists who bring that, make that healing happen. So the overall experience is meant to feel kind of like your little oasis from a crazy New York city. And like you're at a spa, but all within an hour of, and then you really have great, um, true acupuncturists to help you heal. Um, so, but to acupuncture and what is that? So acupuncture is the idea, you know, as you mentioned, you're inserting needles into specific points in the body, but what it's really doing when you insert the needles and they are, hair-like needles, I'd want to say. So they're not like your doctor's office, scary needle, but they really, really are super, super thin, the width of a hair. They don't have any other chemical on them or anything like that. However, when you, they're inserted throughout your body to help um, increase or decrease chi or rather blood flow in certain areas. So often, you know, people come in and whether that experiencing physical pain or stomach pain, GI issues or emotional, you're having a lot of stagnation. And that's, you know, blood flow is super stagnant in your body. And using um, needles, you're able to help increase and, you know, break down that stagnation that's causing, you know, inflammation and causing pain. And you, um, you know, place the acupuncturist will place the needles throughout your body, both, you know, where you likely are experiencing that, um, that pain, but also in other parts, because like I mentioned, you're really looking at your body holistically. So you might be having GI pain, but it's also connected, like in my case, to my thyroid and also to some other stress and anxiety I'm having. So you um, are increasing blood flow and sort of drawing blood flow to a specific area while also just generally balancing your body. But um, our head of acupuncture, Gabriel Schur, always said, like, your body's kind of a, in a state of a seesaw. And um, you're trying to balance that seesaw. So there's both, you know, the, all the external factors with life, um, stress and work and other things, and both the internal factors in your organs. And you're trying to really balance those two. Um, and acupuncture does that by um, increasing or decreasing your blood flow as needed throughout your body. So it's, it sort of sounds to me like anyone who's having any pain anywhere, <laughs> emotionally, physically, 
should try out ac- acupuncture. Like it doesn't feel like a very niche service, if that makes sense. Like I feel like anyone can try it for anything. Is that fair to say? It is. And it's funny because like when I'm, you know, at dinner with friends or with, you know, various people, I feel like I sometimes sound like a broken record because people are <laughs> complaining about different things. Like they have really bad period cramps or, you know, looking, they're pregnant and having, whether it be back pain because of pregnancy or just general hormone balance, um, or their parent hurt their back, like acupuncture can truly help so many different things. And then just in general helps general wellness, um, because, you know, it's creating that emotional, mental, physical balance in your body, um, but is very great at targeting for specific issues. Uh, We see a lot of pregnant people or people looking to get pregnant. Um, I just had a baby and it was amazing throughout my pregnancy, but also I've had such, (laughs) thank you. Um, But I felt I had great um, in my, what we call the fourth trimester, but postpartum, I, my hormones were all sorts of crazy and really helped me um, in that time as well. So yes, acupuncture can help. Um, the benefits are so vast and so many different people could really benefit. Everyone could truly benefit from acupuncture. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> I feel like I need to keep going because when I went, I also got cupping for my shoulder pain and I have heard other people have the same experience. It was really intense for like the whole next day. Mm-hmm. I was so tired. And I looked it up and spoke to one of my friends who also got cupping done that week. And she said the same thing. Like she was just so tired the next day. Um, does that happen from acupuncture? Or is that like solely a cupping thing? <laughs> so, you know, cupping is designed to re- release stagnation um, and really – you know, move chi and move blood throughout your body. And that, um, and when I say moving chi, that's chi is kind of thought of as your energy throughout your body or rather your blood flow. And as I keep calling things stagnation, but that's usually where there's like a blockage or some inflammation going on. Um, so cupping helps to, and again, I'm not, I'm not an acupuncturist. I, um, am a avid, I obviously, believe in it and I know a lot about it but I'm not personally an acupuncturist but um, you know cupping is really what you're doing with it is detoxing the body and specifically a specific area that is often you know very like very tight there's a lot of tension you're experiencing there and you're um, releasing that tension and that can bring um, you know different pathogens to come to the surface and to really detox. And that is intense. So it's can cause fatigue after it's really, you know, flushing those toxins um, out of your body. So we do recommend drinking a lot of water after to help that. Um, And it's all part of the healing journey and process. um, But it's definitely intense in, in that too. Yeah, acupuncture sort of felt more like the relaxing portion. And I thought it was going to be the opposite because I've heard cupping described as like a massage that kind of, <laughs> it like kind of hurts a little, but it like you get relief from it. And then acupuncture needles, just like I associate with 
pain and like pinching, but it was actually the complete opposite. Like acupuncture <laughs> was so relaxing and cupping. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, ow, I have so much stagnation. Like this, it was much needed, but also like knocked the wind out of me. So it just really goes to show like things like this, especially with Chinese medicine. It's like, you really don't know until you try it. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's, you know, so much healing that, you know, it sort of sounds corny, but healing that happens and can take place. And what we really say is that, you know, acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine, which also incorporates um, herbs if needed, as well as different, you know, lifestyle changes such as um, diet and food, using food as medicine, but just in general, like we kind of, we say it's a practice because you're going to feel the benefits and feel the effects of acupuncture, cupping, gua sha, um, after a treatment, but really you kind of start to, the healing is, it's a journey and, um, you know, with regular treatment can really kind of help cure, um, you know, heal certain, certain issues. So did you start aura with just acupuncture or did you always want to also incorporate cupping, gua sha? Like when did those two services come into the mix? Cause I feel like it's, it's definitely acupuncture first, but then there's all these other add-ons that you can do there as well. So yeah, acu- acupuncture is the core serv- service at Aura, but we, um, you know, adding cupping and gua sha to our services was always um, what we've, um, you know, wanted to do and kind of fell under our mission and brand. And they fall under the umbrella of traditional Chinese medicine. And it was important for us to, um, and is important for Aura's mission to really help educate people on the benefits of acupuncture and TCM, standing for traditional Chinese medicine, um, to really help it feel the benefits. So um, cupping and gua sha are sort of natural add-ons and real complements to acupuncture, as you said, and an experienced. Um, they really help, um, like, all go kind of hand in hand and are great ways to detox the body um, and complement the treatment you have with your full body acupuncture. We recently added on e-stim as well. So whenever we think to have an add-on, um, it's important that it's sort of how it fits in with our, you know, with over, generally with traditional Chinese medicine and different ways people can use those methods for healing. Yeah, it seems like a really organic, like when you're there and you're talking about your issues, they're like, well, you know, we could use cupping for your shoulders and this for that. It, it feels like it all makes sense. It doesn't feel like just random services. It feels like they can all be used to complement each other. Yes, they're, they're very much complementary. How did you make the decision? Like, okay, you you found so much healing in acupuncture. You love Chinese medicine, but what made you take the leap to be like, oh, I want to do this. I want to create my own studio. I want to offer this to others. Like where were you always entrepreneurial? Why did you decide to start your own? So I, um, you know, really was passionate around acupuncture and health and wellness. And um, it was when I moved to Boston for business school and was going um, and had had previously been going to acupuncture regularly, but stopped um, when I moved to Boston and 
when all my, my, all my symptoms came back and when I went to find an acupuncturist in Boston, it was really um, difficult. I ultimately went off of different Yelp reviews. I, I didn't really know of anyone or any, no one could recommend anyone there. And while I ultimately found an acupuncturist, I um, sort of got me thinking that I would never have tried acupuncture had this been my first experience. Um, just because it was so difficult to find someone and really learn about it and know where to go and who to trust and felt so many people could benefit from it if they had a more um, approachable experience to it. And it was actually, as I mentioned, like I was sitting at brunch with friends and everyone was complaining about, like we were talking about earlier, GI issues and different um, period pains and other things and just thought so many people could really benefit from it. So I um, started working with a professor in business school to really research the space and better understand acupuncture and um, what it would mean to create a space like Aura. And when I graduated, I started working on it full time. And it was really, you know, I've always been passionate around health and wellness. I am type 1 diabetic. I was diagnosed with diabetes when I was 11. And um, so health and wellness has always been a big piece in my life. And, and I really loved kind of, you know, knowing it is important for everyone in different ways and, you know, finding different ways to help people um, in that. So in high school, I started a nonprofit where it was really a babysitting service with kids with type one diet, like young adults like myself, like teenagers with type one diabetes could babysit for kids with type one diabetes. Um, and that was just because, you know, there's so many different details or th- you know, aspects of the disease that you wouldn't really know and hard to treat if, unless you're so super familiar with it. So there was a need for parents to find, um, you know, babysitters that they can trust and realize that like just having type one, I was able to sort of fit that need and understood the disease so well. Um, so it was kind of, you know, not something I was thinking or ever wanting to start a babysitting club, but kind of saw that people could help people in their daily lives and just seeing how health and wellness was such a big role in my life, not by choice at that point. I was just happened to have been diagnosed with type one. Um, I was though very much like kind of excited as to how I could use my experience to help other people. And, you know, when I was started Aura, I wasn't at the time set out on starting my own business, but I knew that if I were to ever do that, it'd have to be something I was super passionate about. And I got very excited around the idea because I saw how um, many people could really benefit from it, from a space like Aura and really just from acupuncture and was excited as to like how to bring that space you know, to life. It sounds like there's such a theme here. Like every time you found something that helped you, you wanted to bring it to other people. And the difference between you and a lot of people is that you're actually executing. And I think that's really a tough thing to do. And I think that's like a very important part of, I think entrepreneurship is so glamorized right now. And I think it can be great if it's for the right person. And it's like an environment where you thrive but not everyone, like some people have ideas and can't execute. So it gets just different strokes for different folks. I'm curious, like what are, it sounds like you've been in entrepreneurship, like most of your career since graduating. So what are some like 
what are some of your favorite parts of working for yourselves for yourself? And then what are some of the like most challenging parts? Because I assume like, I mean, it's great that you, it sounds like you had a business professor to sort of help you and guide you, which is great rather than like going in completely blind, but still like we're, you're young, you're young and starting a business. So like, what are some of those challenges also? Yes. I I will say that my typical like daily life with work it's definitely not the glamorous um it's not as glamorous as it may sound um this was definitely the highlight of my day getting to chat with you um and do this podcast but I think you know I was um fortunate to be in school at the time to kind of have that space to really you know explore the acupuncture industry and really research and talk to different potential customers. And I think that being in school kind of allowed me that time because prior to business school, I was an analyst and I was didn't really have that kind of time in my day to um, devote like brain power and energy to it. I, I um, So I think, you know, being in school helped give that time. And I think just in general, um, you know, there's definitely just daily challenges, you know, being a small business. And we opened, um, you know, March 5th of 2020. I officially started working on Aura in summer of 2018, but I, you know, I, when I graduated, so it was kind of like this many, almost like year and a half in the making and we opened and opening was so exciting and the launch was great. And then 10 days later we had closed um, for COVID and I could never have imagined this last year of opening um, a brick and mortar service business right before COVID. But I think um, so to my point of challenges, there's definitely challenges, but I, the exciting part and when I, when I, you know, leave and I'm at Aura and or I hear people who've experienced acupuncture at Aura and even your experience, like I'm just very much energized by hearing how it's helped other people. Cause that's truly like why I wanted to start Aura in the first place. Um, and it's a big part of our mission. I don't know if that answered your yes. question. <laughs> No, it did, especially after such a rough like 10 days after closing to finally be able to hear after all that time that it's actually helping people now must be so rewarding. So what did you do after the doors closed? Like how, what were you doing that year? Were you doing Instagram lives and stuff or like how, how did Aura (laughs) pivot? Yes. So I think like the first few days right after it was I slept a lot. <laughs> I, have to say, I was yeah. just like in a state of shock, yeah. I think a little bit. Um, but we, it was really ended up being a helpful time. Like there was a definite positives. We just came off of our launch and learned a lot about just general operation within even just those 10 days. But in that time we launched virtual sessions um, where you could have a session with the acupuncturist and, um, learn both acupressure ways to kind of apply pressure to various, you know, similar, the same points you would be using with the needle, but doing it at home. So still having some great benefits from the, from traditional Chinese medicine. Um, So we had virtual sessions for acupressure, as well as just general 
um, TCM lifestyle pieces using food as medicine, movement, stretch, meditation. Um, we quickly launched e-commerce, which was something that we had always wanted to do, but wasn't necessarily our like day one plan. Um, and we still are looking and excited about all the more we can do in that space. And then we um, did a lot of Instagram lives. I think everyone in that time was stressed, anxious, didn't really know what was going on and really looked to reach out to our very new community, but um, to our community and really grow that community because in the time around, you know, where you realize like health is more precious than anything and, you know, stress is high at an all-time high. There's so much that you could do with TCM and Eastern medicine and practices at home to both help your immunity and your health and just your general mental health as well. That must have been so hard, like coming off of a launch and being so excited and then so disappointed and so burnt out, but also like it was kind of the perfect time as everyone's talking about mental health and physical health and everything. It was like also the perfect time for you to not take advantage of that, but like take advantage of that and actually, you know, provide services to people when they need it most during the pandemic. So I mean, I know you mentioned you like slept a lot for the first few days. I think we all did too. Um, but do you run into burnout a lot? Is that something that you experience for like days at a time, weeks at a time? Are there longer periods, shorter periods? Like I feel like burnout as an entrepreneur, especially a founder of a small business can get intense. I, so it's funny, it, like I, when I am about Usually when I'm about to be burnt out, I've also, it also means that like I've been too stressed to even get acupuncture. Um, so even just a few weeks ago, I like saw, and when I'm very stressed, it very much shows in my like stomach, my bloating, um, that overall digestion, like I could probably get away with it for a few weeks because I've had regular acupuncture and like my body does sort of like trying to help me a little bit but then if I like I sort of I then it kind of all catches up to me so it was a few weeks ago and I was um we were doing a photo shoot for a new service that we're launching and like I looked over at one of our acupuncturists and like I was definitely about on the brink of burnout and I was like can we I think I need to sneak out and do a quick session and that's definitely, you know, and it, it is, it was my self-care tip in the beginning, but it's also helped me with burnout is acupuncture. And like that session gave me life again um, and was really, really what I needed. And I felt like, you know, I was ha happy that at that point I was one aware that I was like really kind of at the brink of burnout and two, you know, in a space that I could help and treat that but also I um, do definitely get burnout and if it's not acupuncture helps me but I also you know do need sleep um, like and I find as well general walking has been a very big piece to help pre me and pre preventing burnout too it kind of like is a bit of something that I find that is like 
helps my anxiety a lot is, is walking. Um, so, which I wasn't doing any of sleep or walking or, or acupuncture. Yeah. I, I find the same with walking because it's like, you're shaking the energy out. You're getting out of like the same place you've been sitting all week. So I, I try to walk every single day. It's like, it's like my happy time. I listen to a podcast and I like shake the energy out. So I completely relate with that. Um, I do want to try acupuncture again because I remember feeling so burnt out and it was like the perfect timing. It was like the perfect excuse. Like I have an appointment. I have to take this time to myself. And I felt so good. Like I meditated after, but then, cause I also did the cupping. I was so tired the next day. So I want to try acupuncture like on its own and fully reap that like meditative rejuvenating experience. Yes. I mean, I, obviously very much recommended. And I think too, though, like just be, if you were tired the next day, that might not be a bad thing either. Um, it's probably is good for your body and your system to flush out those toxins and to really detox. And, you know, I wonder even if you were aware of how you felt like two days after, because sometimes, you know, the benefits you can feel might be lingering in that way. And, um, or if you did cupping again, you might kind of be in, you sort of started that process of detoxifying. So it might not impact you in that same way. Um, My favorite time to get acupuncture though, for kind of the meditative state is at the end of the day, because I kind of feel like I float home and um, is kind of a great, great night's sleep after Uh, people really do notice the impact it has on their sleep. Um, we see people for sleep problems in general, but even if you don't experience some sleep problems, you do have a great night's sleep after. And I think, you know, around the idea how like traditional Chinese medicine, Eastern medicine kind of goes beyond just acupuncture, but walking is a form of like moving your chi and moving, you know, getting your blood flow going and is something that all of our acupuncturists do recommend um, like stretching and movement as a way to help um, stagnation in that way too. Like not in the sort of same concept, but acupuncture is a little bit more intense in that way for sure. Yeah. And I for sure had one of the best sleeps of my life (laughs) after that. Like I think the next two nights after acupuncture, I just slept like a baby. It was the best meditation I could ask for. And I, my IBS has been acting up. So I'm definitely going to need to do that. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I recommend, um, especially with something like IBS too, like even if you're able to get a few um, regular treatments in to kind of help your foundation and your just sort of general constitution, it helps. It helps as well for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we're already at the ending segment. It's called Fun Facts and Favorites. So the first one is, what is your morning routine? So it's so funny because before having my baby, I'd always want to like go for a power walk. Um, I like to walk to work. After having my baby, I felt like I had no time ever and so especially not in the morning um now that she's a little bit older I'm kind of trying to bring back in our walk and I've been taking her for a walk after her morning bottle and before I I go to um 
go to work and it's not as long a walk or as rigorous as I once had, but I'm um, adding that into my morning routine. And I will say we, I love both coffee and tea. I, um, at Aura, we have our line of teas that are amazing and um, have a combination of Eastern and Western herbs and were created by an acupuncturist. And I find I kind of have a morning of both my coffee and my um, tea to kind of, I combine all, all the beverages, um, which is sort of kind of a great, they're a great complement to each other, like Eastern and Western medicine. <laughs> yeah, I tried one of your teas when I went to Aura and they were so good. Oh, good. Yes. I love ending the day with a tea. Sometimes I start my morning with coffee and then end it with a tea. And I find it's like a good balance um, and helps my sleep. So to answer your question, I don't have that perfect morning routine. I'm like always wanting, <laughs> striving for no it. No one does. <laughs> I know. People are like, I have to meditate, stretch, do everything. I, I don't, no. but I really do like to kind of walk for a little bit in some capacity. I love that. Okay, so what is your favorite podcast? So I'd say one that I like listened to when I was in business school and such a lot was How I Built This. And I do find myself listening to that. And then um, depending on the week I or on the day, I listen to the daily as well. I kind of all change it up. I don't have one. It's like my routine. I don't have one specific one. Yeah, those <laughs> are I good have ones a- though. I love both of those. Yeah. If I don't have a lot of time, I listen to that like up first. It's like NPR's news. <laughs> okay. When do you feel your happiest? So I'd say I'm definitely when I'm with my family and friends. Um, now, like being with my baby and my husband, is, um, I'm very happy. It's like corny, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true though. <laughs> or at brunch with girlfriends. I'm happy then too. <laughs> yes. Okay. What would be your last meal on earth? Sushi. <laughs> Some form of sushi. What's your favorite sushi roll? <laughs> my favorite sushi roll. I love salmon is like my go-to. It's very boring. Um, I have a gluten allergy, but I used to love spicy scallops, but I haven't found a gluten-free Yum. spicy scallop role since I've learned of my my allergy oh and um I I do I mean any form of tuna fatty tuna is always can't go wrong (laughs) yeah all right well where can the people find you so these days I'm um mix at our NoHo space on 9 East 4th between Broadway and Lafayette and also been spending more time on the Upper East Side, because we're opening um, up there in the um, in November. So I've been splitting my time between those two spaces um, as we prepare for our next location. And then um, aside from work, usually with my family. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.